Boston entered phase three of its coronavirus reopening plan yesterday, which allows gyms and movie theaters to open to the public. So either way, you're going to see Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> that's a pretty good joke. Yeah, I think that's funny. It'll do. Guy is swole. Saw a preview for some movies in right now. Ripped. Yeah, I wish somebody put me in a movie where I had to be in shape because that'd be good motivation. Yeah. Michelangelo and I were complaining just the other day. They shut the gyms back down right when we were going to start working out, weren't we, Michael? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> going to really get after it. I'd pack my gym bag. Oh, yeah, my lats, my quads. I'd gotten some new shorts and T-shirts to work out. My delts. Oh, my delts were going to get a workout. But oh, no, nope, they closed yeah. the gyms again. Dang it! Yep, yep. Back. I'd be swole already, probably. Oh, halfway there at least. <laughs> it's said occasionally that uh, politics are waves and demographics is the tide. <clears throat> or you might even say demographics is the global warming raising the ocean level and wiping out, you know, land masses. It's that significant. Uh, the BBC is reporting on a, this is the story I, I told you, really dwarfs all others in the coming years. Um, you youngsters might be around to see this, uh, come home to roost. They're predicting, they being demographers, a jaw-dropping world fertility rate crash. Oh, yeah. That whole Ill, story. And oh, the world boy. is ill-prepared for the global crash in children being born, set to have jaw-dropping impact on societies. Falling fertility rates mean nearly every country could have shrinking populations by the end of this century. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. 23 nations, including Spain and Japan, are expected to see their populations halved by the year 2100. 80 years from now, according to mathematicians. Uh, As Mark Stein talks about in America Alone, which is a great book, and it's a lot about this, it's just how how big a deal demographics are. Oh, yeah. And, um, and talking about people who worry about this culture and that culture and everything like that. Places like Italy, there will be no Italians... Using my finger quotes, like people that, you know, of Italian heritage, the food, the clothes, the accent, the whatever. Right. There'll be a landmass called Italy, and there'll be a bunch of people from other countries, primarily like the Middle East, North Africa, mm-hmm. that live there. But there won't be there won't be hardly any Italians carrying it, on that culture. For it better came or worse. And it went. Yeah. C- uh, countries will also age dramatically with as many as with as many people turning 80 as those being born. Now, you're probably way ahead of me. That's incredibly expensive, and nobody to pay for it. If you don't have a bunch of young, healthy workers paying taxes, and in the case of this country, propping up Social Security. Uh, just a couple of numbers for you. Uh, you familiar with the uh, the fertility rate? If it falls below two point one, that's the that's the replacement rate. Two point one children per women per woman. Um, in nineteen fifty, this is globally now. Uh, women were having an average of 4.7 children in their lifetime. Research at the University of Washington Institute for Health, et cetera, et cetera. Boy, that's a long title. You need a shorter title for your institute. Uh, showed the global fertility rate nearly halved to 2.4. And they project it'll fall below 1.7 by the year 2100. So globally, we're just above uh, replication rate. Um, blah, 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 blah. The researchers expect the number of people on the planet will peak at 9.7 billion around 2064, which is plenty. 
before plunging to just $8.8 billion by the end of the century. It's funny when still you put plenty. it like that. That's still plenty. What are we at plenty now? Of folks. Seven, eight billion? Uh, yeah, I think we're getting close. It's well over $7 billion. I don't remember. I remember when I was a kid when it hit $4 billion. So there are twice as many people as when I was a kid. That's just that's interesting. As of March 2020, the count is $7.8 billion. There you have it. Oh, it's a pretty big thing. Most of the world is transitioning into natural population decline, said one of the professors uh, to the BBC. It took over 200,000 years of human history for the world's population to reach 1 billion and 200 more years to reach 7 billion. That's that's something. Well, that that's why when I was a kid in the 70s, there was that real concern about overpopulation. Because, you know, that if you keep on that track, it's going to get difficult. Right, right. But like people so, are going to be standing on your feet. I mean, it's going to be so crowded. Right, right. Uh, and why are but, their fertility rates falling? They say it's mostly driven by more women getting educated, working, uh, greater access to contraception, um, just different lifestyle choices. Japan, as we know, is an extreme case. Uh, they're projected to fall from a peak of 128 million in 2017 to less than 53 million by the end of the century. Now. That's not going to happen. You gave the uh, example of Italy uh, because it'll be repopulated by other people. But Japan is famously insulated. They don't yeah. they don't have widespread immigration. You can stay for a while and work, but then they're going to boot you right out again. Um, and they, they don't believe in multiculturalism in Japan. Um, Italy, the same. So I, I listened to a podcast uh, talking about this sort of thing from a from a policy standpoint. When there are more people that don't have kids than do have kids, and that's the direction we're going, what will that do for policy? Like, I have an, I've got two kids, Joe's got three, so our average is above 2.1. We're helping to repopulate the country. Um, I have kids, and I'm happy that this whole conversation about whether schools will be open has been so dominant in the news. There are enough people with kids that that is a, a story that is everywhere all the time right now. Mm-hmm. But you cross over into a society that's mostly not kids, and you got you got plenty of people saying, I don't care. Right. Yeah, or, it'd be a story I, about bowling. One person out of ten cares. Or voting against you know more money for this or that because you don't have kids and none of your friends have kids. Right. I mean, the policy decisions will change. Interestingly, Jack, China is expected to peak in four years. They are virtually at their peak, 1.4 billion. Well, they did a weird experiment in trying to control population that's never been done on the planet before. So, you know, yeah. the repercussions of that are uh, long-lasting. But they have uh, serious uh, reproductive problems there if you, you know, if you want to maintain your population or whatever. Um, they're thinking that they will have half their population by the year 2100. Wow. Um, UK modest losses. Um you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a problem. Old people are very, very expensive. Medical care, et cetera. Um, young people are very, very productive. We're going to have a giant rise in old people and a giant decline in young people. But the old people, the opposite of the kids thing I was talking about, the old, there will be a lot of old people around, and they will be voting. So policy will cater to the older crowd as they vote. Uh Jack, the population of sub-Saharan Africa is expected to treble in size. Treble? This is the BBC. Oh. What, it's going to get more (laughs) (laughs) high-pitched? Oh, that's good. Sub-Saharan Africa is going to triple by the year 2100 to 3 billion starving people 
Um, Nigeria will become the world's second biggest country with a population of 791 million. They think. The strongest, I would argue that they don't actually know why people aren't having babies. Everybody's making guesses. I would argue that you're wrong. The, the, the overcoming of the greatest need, desire we've got in our bodies mm-hmm. and to decide not to do that as a species is unprecedented. Yes. Other species don't do this. No. No. No condoms on monkeys. Huh? Well, deciding you don't want to have a baby right now or in a condom, that's fine. But the 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 decision to not have children at all as a species is just what the heck? Quite literally unprecedented in the history of life in the universe. Yeah. Like, like I know what's happening on Zutron Four. Zutron you know? Four. Yeah. Uh, just uh, one, one final note. What's important to remember is politicians will absolutely put off any productive planning for this uh, as long as they possibly can, and it will only happen. The, the adjustment to that new reality will only happen after there's a, a fiscal disaster. Hmm. But <clears throat> uh, speaking of the planet Zutron, they discovered a whole bunch more galaxies. I was going to talk about that. I'll, maybe I'll get to that later. We'll uh, we'll leave the science desk briefly. How many galaxies are enough? This if I can't go there, I'm not interested. There are a lot. Um, Columbia researchers know why you choose the music you choose. Why do you like the music you like? Because it kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the reason you think. It's interesting. I had never thought about I never thought about this before. It's the reason I think. Um Wall Street Journal out today, their op ed schools can open safely in the fall, so why aren't they? That and other stuff on the way. I was flipping through the cable channels, just God dang it! Well, that you know that that's on me. That's a mistake. You want you you want to engage in the news of the day? Why would you freaking ever turn on a cable news channel? Because they're there. Because you, but you do it because you want a certain sort of thing. But that's not the way to access the news. If 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 your impulse is I want to know what's happening in uh, the country in the world today, don't go to the cable news channels. It's the wrong place to go. I don't know what is the right place to go <laughs> currently. You need to make it your hobby. But I know what is the wrong place to go. I mean, you really have to be into seeking out truth and perspective to get it in. James it's Lindsay, the, the uh, PhD that I like, he says he's he, he, he spent a lot of time on like a mathematical formula and figured out you can find out everything you need to know in about 10 minutes, 10 minutes per day. Everything else is going to do you more harm than good. <laughs> that sounds terms, about right. <laughs> in terms of leading you down a certain path. Not to mention the cost to your soul. And that 10 Don't minutes. watch the news. Good decision, son. And that 10 minutes, you got to be really careful about what you take in. Um, why you like the music you like, coming up in just a little bit. I've never heard this angle before. Because it rocks! Columbia researchers have figured it out. Where are we on the vid? Well, here's your 14-day rolling average. Cases are up 48%. Deaths are up 43% on the rolling average. That's not good. So are we, uh, yeah. I mean, we're still at, well, 
you got to go with the average because it bounces around so much. Yesterday was 861. Day before that was 429, practically half. So, But uh, that's why they go with a rolling average. We'll see where that gets us. Yeah, boy. There's, a, there's another story. That one in particular, I just don't want it to exist. I don't want it to be true, so sometimes I just ignore it and, like, it'll go away. Yes. I think a lot of the country has done that. Yes, um, correct. I have this weird feeling that when uh, all is known and the story is told epidemiologically, uh, we'll look back and say, yeah, we just kind of nudged the trajectory of the thing with all these policies. Well, right. It was going to do what it was going to do. Uh, I'll, I'll, read from the Wall Street, wrong. I'll read from the Wall Street Journal editorial piece later, but one of the things they talk about with California shutting back down, California, uh, there, there are areas of California, actually there's areas all over the country, that shut down a lot, and they're getting killed right now. Mm-hmm. And then there are areas that didn't shut down hardly at all, and they got killed. But if you're going to get killed either way, you might as well leave the businesses open. Right. Is the, is the argument. Right. You don't want to add unemployment and misery to what's already a bad uh, situation. I mean, a lot of areas of L.A. Sh- shut down more than anywhere in the country. You could step outside your house without having a mask on. Mm-hmm. And now just getting brutalized by the whole vid thing. Yeah. Yep. So, I don't know. Troubling. I don't know, I don't know what conclusions you draw. This is what uh, Columbia University researchers found out about why you like certain music. You know, this is worth studying. It is kind of interesting that, like, I, like I can think of friends I've got our, the, that our backgrounds are so similar. Grew up in the same part of the country, same socioeconomic upbringing, blah, 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 blah. Completely different tastes in music. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. I can't think of anything else we have different tastes in. We like the same shows. Some of my friends I'm thinking, same shows, same uh, dress the same, same everything, except for music, completely different. What drives that? Met a guy once, seemed to be an okay guy. Then it became clear he had the worst taste in music. I think I've ever run into. Well, I could not like him. Well, maybe he thinks I you could have not the worst friend, taste in music. Except I'm right, and he's wrong. <laughs> so there's a correct answer to what is good music and what is not. Clearly. That's uh, that's hilarious. Just ask me. Um, researchers studied a whole bunch of different artists and a whole bunch of different people in the music, tests, uh, music tastes and decided you prefer the music of artists with personalities similar to your own. Now, there's one reason I find this Hard to believe in that prior to the Internet and social media, I didn't have any idea what the personality was like of a lot of the people I listened to. Not the slightest idea. You might be able to come up with clues in the lyrics, their argument, clues. Their argument would be that, yeah, their personality is being demonstrated in the music that they make. And then it fits with your personality, and that's why you gravitate toward them. They uh, studied the personal personas of the most famous 50 musicians in the Western world. Everything from Paul McCartney and Bob Dylan, okay, Boomer, to Taylor Swift, Maroon Settle 5, <laughs> Beyonce, etc. Mm. You got your Ozzy Osbourne, you got your Whitney Houston. You got your Dave Matthews Band and Coldplay, you got Elton John. It's a pretty covered. good variety. Yeah. In two studies of over 80,000 participants, they found that the personalities of the musicians correlate with those of their fans. A third study of 5,000 participants showed that fans' personalities predict their musical preferences as much as other strong predictors like gender, age, and features of the music. 
I did not. I would have never guessed that, actually. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorting through my own musical passions in my head. I think everybody's doing this, aren't we? I do like I hard drinking country songs. I suppose that uh, fits. But. Well, there's click. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, a lot of my favorite musicians are, to my mind, absolutely nuts, uh, politically speaking. But that's not personality. Though. Right, right, right. <sighs> yeah, well, it is. It is partly. Personality, like... Define personality. What does that even mean? You're so, outgoing and, uh, and and positive about everything. Who are you talking about? Not me. No. <laughs> just using well, general... I'm, just, I'm thinking about my favorite bands and I just... <sighs> so, to, like, outgoing positive people not listen to moody music? They're, they're all, like... Uh, up-tempo, happy Taylor Swift stuff? That that tracks with me. Yeah, probably yeah. right. Yeah, okay. All right. And your moody, dark people are listening to moody, dark music. <laughs> yeah, uh, and be. or, uh, you know, uh, individualist and argumentative music. There are definitely some examples of that in the music I like, but plenty that I don't have the slightest idea what their personalities are. No, I don't either. But it huh. would make sense that it comes out in their music. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's almost impossible that it wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. There you, go. you like music from people that have the same personalities. Some of my favorite musicians on earth live and work around Portland, Oregon, which is the site of nightly violence, lawlessness, and insanity. Much of it perpetrated by far left organizations. You know some of their names, some of them you don't. They're anarchists, they're Marxists, they're brutal, and they're unrestrained by the authorities. Andy No, who's been documenting this for years now, and we're going to talk to him in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're just a couple of weeks now away from the NBA starting back up again, assuming they don't get uh, overcome with uh, COVID cases, but uh, everybody's there now and they're practicing and uh, trying to keep the COVID out and limiting people leaving and people coming in and all that sort of stuff and reporters have to stay there at a fairly great cost to be able to report on the whole thing but wow there's a billion dollars on the line for finishing off that uh the last eight games of the season really reaching some threshold for networks all your big tv networks that pay a gazillion dollars to um, have the rights to the NBA. Your and, regional sports networks, like your Fox Sports, whatever region sort sure, of things. Yeah. All across the country, they have been paying their uh, monthly bill all along. And if uh, the NBA gets those last games in, then okay. They've met their contractual obligation. If they don't, they're going to say, I want my money back going clear back till March mm. for these months that I've been paying for this. Right. So not only, do, yeah, there's a lot Can't of money. Can't blame them for having that in the contract. Not to mention. You don't play the, games, you don't get paid. Oh, yeah. And not to mention the um, the playoffs themselves and what that's worth. So mm. that be fun. RBG got uh, hospitalized again? Oh, yeah. That's a big yeah, deal. It's some sort of infection going on. She's got uh, IV uh, antibiotics. She's resting comfortably and expected to be just fine. They always say that, but, you know, I always think... Did they get through all the this this session of SCOTUS stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're all done. But I always think of my experience with people who are, you know, around 90, constantly going in the hospital, usually. Your your winning streak ends at some point. Uh, Poor gal has suffered enough, though, by God. She's resilient. She is, and loved by all. I think she's wrong virtually all the time. It seems like a, a fabulous human being. 
But if she were to pass before the election, and it's a guarantee that uh, whose president is picking another Supreme Court justice, holy cow. Bat S. Nuts. That's how this country would be. I don't even be. know. Would it be possible to jam one through in 100 days? I have an idea of somebody who's going to try. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah I, I wonder. You know, I don't know a great deal about the arcane rules of the Senate and how quickly you can move if the other party is dead set against it. Biden, by the way, on that topic, is talking about simple majority uh, becoming the rule in the Senate. So the Senate just becomes a different legislature than the House. It doesn't have its, you know, the saucer that cools the milk and the whole world's greatest deliberative body. It's just another bunch of hacks. Of course, Except we're, we're they halfway are there now. A bunch of hacks that aren't immediately responsible to the voter. Because the House, uh, you know, you get unhappy with them, they're up every two years. Right. They can swing wildly. The Senate, not so much. Yeah, there's no, really no point in having the Senate at that point. Really, uh, and uh, on uh, that's speaking, a good question. Why? <laughs> what would be this role of the Senate if it was just yeah? yeah. The courageous Andy No coming up in just a couple of minutes. I apologize for making it seem like it was this segment. It's the next one, but we'll we'll be talking to Andy in a minute. Uh, I've got to share this with you just because I think it's so horrifically wonderful. I mentioned earlier how Barry Weiss, uh, opinion editor at the New York Times, quit because any voice that is the slightest bit outside of the puritanical orthodoxy of progressivism is stomped out, and she won't be a party to it anymore. And she's a moderate. As Jack pointed out, she cried when Trump got elected, and it wasn't tears of joy. So you can't have any independent voices at the New York Times. Meanwhile, the Washington Post prints this opinion piece by Jonathan Greenberg, whose act I don't really know, uh, Twelve signs Trump would try to run a fascist dictatorship in a second term. I mean, I'm not a fan of Hitler. <laughs> y- you have to be the wackadoodliest of wackadoos to think this could conceivably happen. Trump running a fascist dicta- dictatorship in his uh, second term. He mentions that Georgetown professor John McNeil assessed Trump's fascist tendencies on a scale of zero to four Benitos. After Benito Mussolini. That's pretty funny. Back in 2016 and found him well short of being a fascist. But, but, writes Greenberg, what about now? How about the infrastructure around whoever's president to even pull that off? We don't have it. Right. Yeah. Any further discussion after what Jack just said is stupidity. And yet it goes on for pages. Or it's just for fun. It's like, what if the, what, you know, what if LeBron James could play Oscar Robertson in his prime? I mean, that's the only reason you're, you're having the discussion at that point. Right. Uh, here's sign number one, an indicator that Trump is going to seek to, I'm quoting now, is going to seek to replace our democracy with a fascist dictatorship. (laughs) Oh, man. One. Trump uses military power and federal law enforcement to suppress peaceful political protests. Uh, peaceful protests never happen. Here's the problem, though, Jeff. You, you and your ilk, I'm sorry, Jonathan, you and your ilk constantly call violent protests peaceful protests because you're liars. Side number two, Trump's about to become Hitler. He persistently lies about voter fraud, setting the stage for him to use emergency powers to seize control of the election or challenge the results if he loses. 
a maneuver that will be gone along with by no one. No, I'd be in the streets. Mitch McConnell would say, go ahead, you do a better McConnell than me. What's he going to say? I don't know. No way that's happening. <laughs> uh, no. No. Sign three, Trump has repeatedly suggested he might remain in office after a second term. Yeah, always with, sometimes even says out loud, this will drive people crazy when I say this. <laughs> right. It's a joke he's tossed off on several occasions, and the power of suggestion is so strong in Trump and his followers that Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and former Trump attorney Michael Cohen have all expressed serious concern that Trump may try to steal the election or contest the results yeah. and not leave the White House if he loses. That was a bizarre rhetorical trick in that couple of sentences. He says it's a joke, but Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Michael Cohen are taking it seriously, so we should take it seriously. It's still a joke, Um, you dumbass. There are a number of people that I (laughs) like and think are uh, normal who have said that was a trial balloon to see how people would react. You couldn't stay for another day. If If anybody lost their mind enough... To on January twentieth say I'm still president, they'd be led away by 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 cops for the military or somebody. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Capitol Police, the Speaker of the House, the leaders. The new of the guy Senate would say, place. "Arrest him, would you? Get rid of him, knucklehead." He's, his rents, his, his, his <laughs> lease is up. If you want to drive him crazy, just say eight more years or twelve more years. Jack, Sixteen would do it good. You'd really drive him into the loony bin. Jack, <laughs> that may be a joke, but the power of suggestion is so strong in Trump and his followers that oh, shut One up. One of the reasons that I dismiss this so much is that I've heard some of you wackadoos say Obama was going to do this, and some some of you wackadoos say Bush was going to do this, and some of you wackadoos say Clinton was going to do this. Some of you wackadoos like saying this apparently. You're easily amused apparently well listen we've only gotten into three of the 12 chilling signs trump is going to become a fascist dictator uh can't wait to talk to andy no in a couple of minutes he's been bravely documenting the insanity in portland but you know you had that couple they their gate was broken down they had to defend their home and guns and i'm not saying that's going to come to your home or anything but these are odd times and Simply Safe is the best overall home security system you can buy, not just according to us, but according to U.S. News and World Report. It's not that expensive. It's easy to install. Nobody's going to come to your home. And why not try it with free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee? Why wouldn't you try it? You click online to buy it. You open the box when it gets there. You place the sensors. You plug it in. And now your home is protected around the clock with the best overall home security of 2020, according to U.S. News and World Report. The installation is effortless, and it works. This is all the good stuff you want, the doorbell uh, alerts, the cameras, everything. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You get that free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, so they know we sent you. And simply spelled S-I-M-P-L-I, by the way. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Get this thing. I saw there was another... uh bloodletting over masks. Are these crazy people, or is this actually happening? I mean, it's actually happening, but is it happening with sane people? You know, it's, oh boy, at what point does somebody who's like hot-tempered and belligerent become crazy? I don't know. There is a sub-subset of conservatism that is hardcore anti-mask. And, and pitches it hard. Okay, explain to me, the what's the reasoning behind that? I don't really know. I've heard some of it. Um, but uh, I saw, like, Dana Lash, who's uh, big into gun rights and the rest of it, big uh, conservative voice, uh, tweeted a, a video of a guy bellowing and angry in a grocery store saying he won't wear a mask. And she said, this is my new hero. 
And I just, I don't get it. Because you feel like it's the government controlling you? I think so, yeah. I, again, it's like a sub-subcategory of conservatives who think this is a trial run of the, the mask is really a blindfold and they're going to uh, run our lives and take over our lives. And, and I'm I'm like a nuts libertarian. Yeah, I'm a hardcore. I mean, I'm <laughs> way out there compared to most people. Yeah. On terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, not wanting to give, if somebody asks for my ID, I don't have to and I'm not going to. I mean, right. I, you know, to a point of ridiculousness, I am with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to wear a freaking mask just because I understand the science of the droplets and whatnot. Right, right. So Andy No coming up in a moment or two. Can't wait to talk to him. He's a brave dude. You're going to like him. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Seattle had Chaz. Portland now has Clat. Chinook Land Autonomous Autonomous Territory. What? As Antifa has set up walls and barriers outside the federal courthouse to claim their own autonomous zone. It seems to be a little more violent from the start than Chaz was, but at least we got the best guy to report on it. Yep, Andy knows a American conservative social media activist, journalist, uh, best known for covering the violent street protests in Portland. He is the editor at large of the Post Millennial, a Canadian conservative news website. He has been assaulted many times, beaten for merely trying to report the truth, and joins us now. Andy, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's been too long since we've talked. Hope you're you're doing well. Hey, tell us about, because there's no national news coverage of the insanity in Portland. What is happening night after night right now? We've had 47 straight days of violent protests. You heard that right, four or seven. That's over six and a half weeks. So while the George Floyd riots in the rest of the country have mostly ebbed and gone away, in Portland they've continued strong because uh political leadership here is weak. They've tied the hands of law enforcement to the point of where the federal administration uh, had to send in the U.S. Marshals, uh, various federal enforcement agencies to get a hold of what was happening outside one of the areas that was being attacked, which is the federal courthouse. Um, Just last night, actually, several hours ago, there was still rioting in the streets. They created a so-called autonomous zone modeled off the so-called CHAZ in Seattle. Well, so from what we understand, it's not even being, you know, the national media is not talking about this. It's not even getting that much coverage on the evening news in Portland. What, what, what gives? Well, for your listeners on the West Coast, you know that national media has a bias. Uh, against what's happening out here. We're on the other side of the country, and they don't really seem to care, unfortunately. But what happens in Portland doesn't stay in Portland, and that's what I've been saying for several years, actually, because um, while this country, other cities have been dealing with riots starting at the end of May, Portland have been dealing with it since 2016, after Donald Trump was elected. So I think the country is getting a taste of what's to come, uh, particularly if you don't put a clamp on this violent extremist movement called Antifa. So you've got the Antifa rioters doing what they've been doing now for six weeks, as you said. But what is the NLG Green Hat Volunteers you keep tweeting about? What's that organization? 
The National Lawyers Guild is a lawyers organization. It's, it goes decades back. It's old. Uh, it's historically very close to American communists. It's far less, I would say, radical less. Uh, the organization openly expresses support for political violence. They have a lot of donors and money, so they engage in lawfare to, in my opinion, undermine the republic. Uh, they sue police departments to weaken them. They, their lawyers advocate for abolishing police, abolishing prisons. So they're using our American legal system to try to undermine it from within. And at every single one of these riots of Antifa on the far left, they send in their volunteers. Uh, they call them neutral observers, but they're not. You'll see them in the green hats. And a lot of these people actually aren't even, they're not even lawyers. They might be students or just those who are supportive of the cause. And they record footage that is selected that can be used potentially in a court case against police. Of course, they will never use it against their fellow comrades. So they're not neutral. Well, and it's worth mentioning for folks who haven't watched any of the videos you've been posting to Twitter that <clears throat> there is a hell of a lot of violence. People being booted, uh, beaten down, sucker punched, pulled out of their cars and that sort of thing. It's pretty nightmarish. It is. And it's literally a lawless zone uh, in this area of downtown every night. And it spreads to other areas as well. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had somebody in a car fire six rounds out of a handgun just straight into the air. Police stay away. They're ordered away by police. I mean, by the mayor, excuse me. The mayor has been on record to say that he's very proud of getting the police to de-escalate and not engage in conflict. And he's actually blaming DHS, blaming Donald Trump for sending in federal officers to, uh, because the federal officers have been actually effective in uh, using tear gas and other uh, crowd control tactics to stop the rioters as they have been trying to burn down the federal courthouse. Yeah, so I wonder if that's a strategy. It seems like a bad strategy because since you've got the the, the Portland powerful on your side, or at least willing to overlook you, afraid of you, Antifa, if you start going after a federal courthouse, that gives the feds the opportunity to come in, gives them an excuse. But so I'm watching the videos that you posted, you know, just hours ago of this new clat, the Chinook land autonomous territory and they they built walls with stolen stuff and uh, spray painted and all this sort of stuff is that still up as we speak and how big is it no actually so the federal police uh bless them actually used tear gas and flashbangs to clear the rioters from the street so they established this so-called autonomous zone right in the middle of the main downtown street as they've done actually many times and in some ways it's kind of worse than the chaz because chaz became defined territory that you know to stay away from whereas these people they would be cleared and then they set it up again the next day and the next day and the next day so it's just this it's become a game it's embarrassing for the city of portland and it's shocking that the people on city council are actually expressing support for these violent extremists and i want to make it absolutely clear to folks listening who may not be hip to this that these are not civil rights protesters These are Marxists and anarchists who are bent on actually a revolution. Not like writing groovy rock and roll songs about we got to have a revolution. No, they actually want to tear down the United States. Yes, uh, that cannot be overstated. I think um, they've been able to fool a lot of people by using terms like we're anti-fascist, we're anti-racist, we're for racial justice. And that's actually meant to fool the last four liberals, fool foolish media 
and to push out their propaganda. They're, the number one thing that they're best at is propaganda. Hey, Andy, we barely have a minute left, but uh, you're, uh, you're suing. Is it the city? Tell us a little bit about your lawsuit. We're suing um, people who were assaulted me last year in relation to two incidents that happened in May and June. And an update that I have on that actually is just by coincidence, uh, one of the defendants named in the lawsuit was arrested this week at one of the riots in downtown by the federal police. So uh, we, uh, we've had trouble tracking him down, but now that he's in custody uh, facing uh, a hearing, uh, we can get him served. So this is very good news. Excellent. That is good news. Andy No is a courageous journalist. He has been documenting, one of the few documenting the insanity and violence of the, the Marxists and anarchists in Portland, uh, Oregon. Andy, uh, good to talk to you. Thanks for uh, lending us a few minutes. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. Yeah, keep up the good work. I, this It's hard to wrap your head around what's going on here. You watch these videos on his Twitter feed and you think, how is this happening and it's not on the news anywhere. Yeah. And and some of the uh, some of these tweets are retweets from the Portland police as they video, "Hey, look at this giant riot that happened last night in a major city in America. Anybody see this? Hammers, rocks, bricks thrown at the cops. Huge fight. No, not not making the news. Mayor's telling us to leave them alone. Let them riot. Let them pull people out of their cars and beat them down. It's, it's wild. It's stunning. It really is. I'm sure there are people listening right now who think these guys can't be serious. No. Is this really happening? Folks, It's really happening. Check out some of the Twitter feeds. Armstrong and Getty.